But um, let's just go ahead and open with prayer. Lord Jesus, we love you and thank you today that we can be in the house of corporate worship. Thank you for the chance throughout the week to be uh, kingdom builders. And Lord, we thank you for this special, special day, Mother's Day. And Lord, I think of all of the ladies here that are mothers, whether they're biological moms, uh, they might be foster parents, maybe they've adopted children, spiritual uh, mothers that have brought people into the fold of faith. Lord, we just thank you that we can celebrate them on this special May 12th. So I pray that you'd bless them. I pray that you'd just anoint every aspect of the service today. May you bring glory and honor to yourself through it, through the preaching of your word, through the prayers that are said, through the hymns that are sung. Just glorify yourself. We take no credit for it. But give us something today, Lord Jesus, that will more fully conform us to the image of our lovely Savior and help us to be ambassadors of your grace in the week to come. We ask these things in the holy name of Christ, our Lord and Savior. And for his sake, amen. Will you please join me for our prayer for guidance? Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Our scripture today is Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 26. A good wife, who can find? She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts her in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and tasks for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She girds her loins with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff, and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes herself coverings. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates When he sits among the elders of the land, she makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers girdles to the merchants. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well into the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you so much, Joy. Uh, If you're looking at the bulletin, you probably notice that there is a different uh, scripture in the bulletin. The pastor was supposed to be here preaching today, but uh, I got a text from him on Friday night. He says, call me right away. He says, this is very important. So I called him, and he says, I'm running 102 fever. I don't think I can be at church on Sunday morning. Would you... Uh, stand in for me. 
And uh, I'm not going to tell Pastor Bob no, ever. I mean, if it's at all possible. So I told him yes. And then, thinking about it, and I just started trembling. And I thought, what did I just do? I just told this man yes. <laughs> I can't possibly do this. So I sat down and uh, wrote a quick text, and I forwarded it individually to 53 people in Canada and all across the United States, friends that I had known, and said, uh, my pastor is uh, sick. He's running 102 fever, and he's asked me to preach on Sunday. Would you pray for me and give me a prayer covering? And um, to God be the glory for the outcome. So basically, uh, if I tell my Sunday school class this every time I teach. If it's good, it's God, and if it's bad, it's Chad. So basically, there you have it. And uh, you would not believe the wonderful responses that I got back. One lady that's, uh, she used to be a domestic over at uh, Baldwin Park. She helped my mother with cleaning. She sent uh, one back, and it had a, a, a link to a song. It was called Use Me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. And it was just beautiful. Then I had one lady that tried to text me back, and she couldn't get the text to go through. I wasn't at home, so she called and left the most beautiful uh, blessing of encouragement and prayer for me on the phone. And many, many, many just uh, sent text back, says, I've got you covered. I had several that sent several text back, says, I'm praying for you, and then... Uh, another the next day they would Saturday morning they would say I'm praying for you this morning I got several that says I'm praying for you so th- uh, I know that there's a pastor at the uh, Brooklyn Tabernacle his name is Jim Cimbala and he has a group of people that every Sunday morning while he's preaching they're in what we would consider like a war room they're just off praying for him and I cannot tell you how important prayer is my precious mother used to have the saying prayer is the game changer and believe me, it is. And uh, when she passed away, I got a little ceramic plaque uh, out of her apartment. It used to be above her sink that says prayer changes things. And it really does. So thank you if you prayed for me. And thanks to Pastor Bob for giving me this wonderful opportunity. So I feel like uh, I've done as much as I can to prepare for it. It's been covered in prayer. So uh, we'll just go with it from here. The name of the message today, and I put an insert in your bulletin if you want to look there. It's a two-sided insert. It has the scripture. Actually, it goes uh, into more of the scripture than what Joy just read. But it also has some questions on here that uh, you might want to ask yourself. And as I thought of this, I thought of um, the title for the sermon. Pastor Bob asked me for the title of the sermon. I said, uh, how about every believer's role as the bride of Christ? Now, it's Mother's Day, so we're focusing on women. But as we think about the bride of Christ... The bride of Christ is really the church of Jesus Christ. So I don't want it to be limited just to women because it's not just women. And I want to read a passage to you that's actually on the top, but its uh, I've got it here in my Bible. It comes out of Revelation 19, and it starts with verse 6, and it's uh, the marriage supper of the Lamb. And I thought this is a great one to just kind of set the stage for today's message. In uh, Revelations 19.6, it says, And I heard as if it were a voice of a great multitude, and the sound of many waters, and the sound of a mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for thy Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice, and give him glory. For the marriage supper of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. And I thought to myself, You know, the wife is the bride of Christ, and we are making ourselves ready. In this journey of life, it's all about preparation. What are we doing to prepare for the day when we will spend all eternity with him? What are we doing in the world around us? 
It's an important question. We need to ask ourselves that. And as we look at these questions today, I think it's a, a really important thing. So there's a little note in here that says, consider privately the following questions. And then during the coming week, ask the Lord to speak to you about how you might improve in areas as his ambassador for grace in the world. So you can mark them 1 to 10. You don't have to do it today. Just take them home and look at them. And I've actually added a couple of more onto here. But basically, as we go through this passage of Scripture, in verse 10, if you look at the back, it says, uh, Am I striving to be a wife of noble character? Now, don't just think about it as a wife. Are you striving to be a person? A person uh, as part of the body of Christ to be of noble character. I remember years ago, somebody gave me a little saying, and it says, Character is who and what you are when nobody's looking. Now, isn't that an interesting concept? And I'm thinking to myself, you know, sometimes the things that I do when I'm in private, I'm thinking, would God really be proud of that? Probably not. So it's a question we need to ask ourselves, are we a person of noble character? Because this woman, and it's interesting because Lemuel, who uh, it says this is a parable of Lemuel, I googled that. Who knows what you're going to get when you google something? It might be true and it might not, but uh, it said that Lemuel uh, might have been King Solomon himself. And these are thoughts that Bathsheba had given him over a lifetime. Or it might have been a nickname that she had, that Bathsheba had for Solomon. So I'm not really sure who King Lemuel was, but it's a, it's a great passage of scripture. And it gives us a lot to think about. But remember that this is the perfect woman. We're not perfect. We're all sinners saved by grace, and we're going to stumble and fall. And so don't be concerned about that. But the goal is to try to improve each and every day for the cause of Christ. Okay, then in verse 11, it says, uh, does the heart of her husband trust in that person? Okay, does the heart of Jesus Christ trust in you as part of the body of Christ? You're the bride of Christ. Are you a person that's trustworthy? That's a real important concept in our nation today. Are we trustworthy? We see all of these things, even at the highest level of government, where people have not been trustworthy. They've taken advantage. They might be the head of a corporation, and so all of a sudden we find out that they're not trustworthy. But God's call to us is to be trustworthy as his bride. Then, in verse 12, it says, Do I do him, Jesus, good every day of my life, even to the end? Am I living for him and to please him? That's an important question for us to ask, too. Are we doing our Heavenly Father good every day of our life? I think it's an important thing. Then in verse 15, it says, Do I wake up at the, uh, in the dark and provide for our family? For my family. Now, it's interesting because I teach at Grace Christian School. I teach juniors and seniors. And uh, I teach a first period class. And it shocks me when I walk in there and see these kids at 8.05. They can hardly keep their eyes open. And I'm thinking, well, they certainly weren't up at the crack of dawn. But I've developed a custom years ago to get up. And one of the first things after I go to the bathroom, put the coffee on, make sure that I spend time in his word. Now, it's maybe not a lot of time every day. I'm doing a a Bible study at Panera Bread right now that's uh, getting through the Bible in a year. It's a chronological Bible study, and we're trying to read the whole Bible in a year. Now, I've read it through several times, but I've never done it in a year. So this year, that's my goal, to do it. So some mornings, I mean, I'll get up every single morning, and I just read maybe a chapter in the Bible and say, Lord, give me a principle today that will help me make it through the day and bring glory and honor to you and build the kingdom of Christ. Now, I can tell you when you're reading the Old Testament, some of that stuff is pretty grisly. 
I mean, you talk about uh, Saul, uh, the Lord telling Saul to go in and kill all the Amalekites and just wipe them out. So I'll read that, and then I go to a different passage. Maybe it's something in the Proverbs or the Psalms and say, that's not going to be the principle today. Give me something encouraging. But it's important to spend time in his word every single day. So rise early. Give him the first fruits. And it's a way that you prepare yourself so that you can prepare others for the kingdom of Christ. Do I wake up in the dark? And provide for my family. Okay, then in verse 16, it says, Am I industrious at my school, job, and around the house? Do we have industry? Are we looking to improve uh, whatever it is that we're working on? God has a specific calling for all of us. Are we working to improve the world around us? Are we industrious in what we do and how we put our hand to the task at, uh, our hand at the task at hand? Uh, then I added one here from verse 18, uh, and it talks about her lamp and how it doesn't go out. I want to read you a passage of scripture uh, that was recently covered in the Panera Bible study. It comes out of uh, Psalm 119, which is, by the way, the longest chapter in the whole Bible. The longest chapter in the whole Bible. In fact, one of our whole day's reading was just on Psalm 119. Okay, so this is talking about our lamp. And it talks about God's word here. In Psalm 19, 105, it says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And I thought, you know what? In the word, and it's the light, the lamp and the light, then basically we can inculcate that into our life and then show it off to the rest of the world. So that's an important thing. Okay, then there's a passage I wanted to read you out of Matthew uh, 25. Let's see, hold on here a second. Okay, this is um, this is one about uh, the ten. I'm not going to re- really read this because I don't have time. But it's about the ten virgins uh, that are called to the wedding supper of the bridegroom, and you're the five of them were very uh, smart. They had enough oil for themselves and to keep their lamp burning. And five were foolish. They did not have enough. So at midnight, I don't know whether any of you were able to hear Ivan Parker when he was here in the last month. I think he was at Fishersville Baptist, and then he was over at another church last Sunday night. But his signature song was with Gold City, and it was called The Midnight Cry. When God calls his church home, his children home. And I'm thinking, when he calls us home, are we going to have our lamps trimmed, burning, and bright? And that's going to come up again at the end of the message today. So I just think it's important to keep ourselves stocked up on oil, reading his word, so that we will be burning and bright and trimmed for the service of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, then the next one is... um, What is my wardrobe like? Now, in verse 25, it says here, she is clothed with strength and dignity. Okay, so what what is our clothing like in the world around us today? What is the culture trying to get us to dress like? If you think of any TV ad, any magazine ad, what are they trying to get us to dress like compared to what God is trying to get us to dress like? Strength and dignity. Are those the kind of things you're seeing in the ads? That's not a rhetorical question. <laughs> Probably not, right? They're trying to make us alluring, sexy, wearing the latest trends and so forth. So they don't care anything about the outward appearance. But we need to be clothed in dignity and strength so that we can really glorify and honor the Lord Jesus. So that's in verse 25. Then it says in verse 20, it says uh, that this lady or this uh, character or this person takes care of the poor and needy. 
And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Uh, there's another instruction here in verse 26, a different translation that uses the word kindness. Are we kind? I remember several years ago when I was teaching from uh, the United Methodist Quarterly, uh, there was somebody that mentioned a book. The writer mentioned a book called, uh, it was by a guy named Stephen Sogren, S-J-O-G-R-E-N. And I went online and bought this book. It's called The Conspiracy of Kindness. There's hundreds of ways in here that we can be kind. And sometimes I think guys aren't near as good at this as girls. Girls are always thinking ahead on that, how can I be kind? Uh, I'll give you one little example here that's kind of not like that. It has to do with Boyd. I came in today and I was talking to Lisa and Polly about their corsages. I said, those are beautiful corsages. And uh, Lisa says, thanks to Boyd, says he always remembers uh, Mother's Day and was it Easter? Easter and Mother's Day, says he always buys us a corsage. And I thought, here's a guy who's thinking outside the box and is a kind guy. And I know it meant a lot to these ladies. But this book is replete with good examples. One of them was uh, there was a, a youth group in a church that lived in a fairly large city, and they had a mall that at Christmas time, you know, there's lots of people that float through major city malls at Christmas time, and they noticed that the bathrooms could never be kept up with. They were always dirty. So this youth group went to the manager of the mall and said, we'd like to come in and just uh, pay attention to the bathrooms and make sure that they're clean. And the guy says, well, what are you doing this for? They said, well, it's a project with our youth group, but it's really for the cause of Christ, to build the cause of Christ. He says, come on in and help us. So that's one of the little things that we could do just to be kind. And there's hundreds of examples in here. I use this as part of my permanent library now. I love that book. Stephen Sogren's uh, The Conspiracy of Kind. Then in verse 28, it says, Will our children, and I put on here, it's not just biological children. It might be a foster child, someone you have adopted. It might be your biological child, but it could be a child that you've birthed in the spirit. I still have people from all over the states because I was in the military and was able to share my faith with lots of people that maybe two or three times a year will call and thank me for helping them to come to the fold of faith. It's a key thing. So if you have spiritual children, you're involved in there. Will they rise up and call you blessed? It's a huge question to ask yourself. Will they? And then at the end of life's journey in verse 28, it says, Will the Lord uh, be pleased with me and say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Okay, there's a passage just before the one we read in Matthew 25. Uh, Actually, it's after that. It's about faithful stewardship. And this is where the Lord says, Well done, thou good and faithful steward. Servant. Okay, every one of us has a gift in this room. I don't know what yours is. You may not know what mine is. But God has given us these gifts to be good stewards of. And we need to share them with the world around us. And I can tell you something. It might cost you something. It might cost you money. It might cost you time. It might cost you some of your talents. Maybe mowing for a neighbor, giving some money to somebody who needs an extra little push for the moment. It could be a word of encouragement. You could be uh, in the line at Walmart or whatever the case may be. The cashier's having a bad day because of somebody in front of you. And they just say, we're sorry, we took so much time. And you could just encourage them and say, you know what, you're doing a great job. But if we've got what we need to share with the world, I'll just give you one little example of how the Lord encouraged us to share with others. I was at the Pentagon years ago, and I had just gotten there, and I met a guy. I was in a a group that was called Airspace and Air Traffic Services. And in there, we had people that worked in radar facilities all over the U.S. We had a couple of people that worked with the weather and how pilots got good weather. 
I was working in an area that had uh, for base operations where pilots go in to file their flight plans. They check the notices to airmen at the field they're going to to make sure everything is safe and all the nav aids are up uh, and all of these different kinds of things. Well, there was a guy in there that was in the weather department, and he was about my age. Actually, we both made lieutenant colonel together at the same time and same promotion board. But uh, he was showing me the ropes of running at the Pentagon because you get there at 6 in the morning and you're home about 6 at night, so it's a long day. And so he would show me the ropes of running, and we would start down near the Lincoln Memorial, and we would run to uh, the Washington Monument and then on up to the Capitol on a long day. One day we were out running, and I was just enjoy sharing with him about the Lord, and he stopped and he said, if you're going to talk about him, we're not running together anymore. I said, really? What's the deal here? But he said he wasn't interested. Well, about a week later, this guy comes in, and he has a teenage daughter that's causing he and his wife a lot of problems. And I had just read something from a book in the Bible. It might have been from the Proverbs about dealing with this very same situation. And I said, well, Paul, have you ever thought about and gave him the principle? And he said, no. So he went home that night and tried it. Comes in the next day. He said, it worked. He said, where did you ever come up with that? And so instead of pushing the Bible in his face, I said, well, it's in the scripture. It's in the Bible. And he just turned around and muttered something off, went back to his desk and did his work. Comes back about 10 minutes later. He says, where in the Bible is that? So I was able to share that with him. Now, I don't know whether this guy faith in Christ, but you know what? We are seed bearers. We're out there sowing seeds for the harvest. It's the Lord that brings the harvest in. It's not going to be you and I. So I'm just thinking, you know what? Will we get to heaven and hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant? That's a huge thing. And I wanted to close with the thought at the bottom of the page. It's in bold. Remember, the starting point in any of the above questions is an honest relationship with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. It goes on to say, God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So if we try to do these things in our flesh and on our own, you're never going to take your score from a 5 to a 10. It's not going to happen. It has to be through the power of Jesus Christ. And so I look at a congregation this size today, and I'm thinking about my own personal life. I didn't, Although I was raised in a Christian home, I did not come to faith in Jesus Christ until I was 28 years old. And so I'm suspecting that there may be one or two or three or four of us here today that maybe have not committed to Jesus Christ. If we can commit to Jesus Christ or just renew our commitment to him and say, Lord, I'm trusting you for every facet of my being. I realize that I'm a sinner saved by grace. And I haven't lived effectively according to these questions. I'm not going to be able to unless you, through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, empower me to do it. And if you're not a believer, just cry out to him and say, Lord, I've never made a commitment to you. I'd like to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior today so that I can realize the power of a life that's well lived in you. And I can promise you this. He will be with you every step of the way. He is the one that has the plan for you. It's not your corporation or your school or whatever you're planning. It's God that has the plan for you. So I just pray that that will be the cry of your heart today to either increase your faith in him or to give yourself unreservedly to him. And I think there could be no better end to it than that.
So we're getting ready to sing a song of discipleship. Um, and then we're going to do a parting prayer and a choral benediction. It will be through today. So thank you for your patience and attendance. I appreciate it. Just keep Pastor Bob in your prayers. We have asked these things in Christ's holy name. So maybe he be honored in what we've done here today. Amen. Now remember, as we've read this, as you go home and look at this passage of Scripture today, uh, that this is to the perfect wife with noble character. There's not one of us in here that's perfect, especially me. And I would flunk the test on many of these questions, but the goal is to get on our knees before God and keep trying. I want to share with you one last thought. Uh, Pastor Bob this year did a Bible study with us. It was called uh, Finding I Am, and it's on the eight I Am statements of Jesus Christ in the New Testament. And in there he says, uh, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody's going to come to the Father but by him. He's the door. He's the shepherd. He's the bread of life. He is the light of the world. But isn't it interesting that before he left this world, he told the disciples, you're the light of the world. You are the light of the world. So let's get busy and be the light of the world to a dark and dying world that's around us. Father, we love you and just thank you for this opportunity to have been in your presence this morning in corporate worship. And Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to gaze into the principles of your word and learn from them something that will carry us through the week. Help us to be better ambassadors the coming week than we've ever been before. We ask it in the holy and powerful and tender name of Christ our Lord and Savior. Amen.